0: All right, welcome to the National CMV Foundation's podcast. Here at the foundation, our mission is to educate women of childbearing age about congenital CMV. And for those who are not aware, congenital CMV is the most common viral infection that infants are born with in the US occurring in approximately one in 200 births. Because CMV is a silent disease, meaning most people who are infected have no signs and symptoms, the mother is likely unaware that she has CMV during her pregnancy. Roughly about 1% to 4% will have their first CMV infection during a pregnancy, giving them approximately a 40% chance of passing the virus on to their unborn child. So it is the mission of the foundation to educate women of childbearing age about risk reduction practices, and it is our vision to eliminate congenital CMV in the US for the next generation. So, today we are super excited to have a special guest with us from Moderna Therapeutics. She will speak highly to CMV research priorities regarding CMV prevention, treatment, and intervention, and work on a CMV vaccine. However, before we introduce our guest, I would love to introduce my amazing co-host, Shane Gaffney. Shane?
1: Hello, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Thank you for joining us, Lori.
0: Thank you, Shane. Thanks, Clea. Awesome. All right. So we'll jump right on into our first question, but before we do that, Lori Panther, welcome to the show. Lori Panther, MD and PH, is the Senior Director of Clinical Development Infectious Diseases at Moderna Incorporated based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Dr. Panther is the clinical lead for Moderna's investigational cytomegalovirus vaccine program. So again, Dr. Panther, thank you for being with us this afternoon. We are super excited to chat with you and to learn more about your work with Moderna.
2: Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm I'm very excited to be on this show.
1: So first thing I want to kind of go over is you drink La Croix, huh? I'm more of a polar guy myself. I noticed that when you, you took know? a drink of Seltzer.
2: Yeah, I noticed that too, Shane. And you know what? Yeah. Um, this is called uh what was on sale <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's funny because this is on sale in new hampshire that's so funny awesome. and they said new england was homogeneous
2: and that is not true such and that's not
1: true at all no nope, not true at all so i had the pleasure of going to moderna um what is that february now march i think it was ah uh, it was February.
2: Right. And, um, uh, we had some, you know, it, it was the, uh, the, uh, the epidemic slash pandemic was just uh, starting to become reality and we're a lot yep. of back and forth about travel. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But I had the pleasure of seeing it in person. So for our audience who may not have been to Moderna or know what Moderna is, how would you, how would you describe Moderna as a company and what is your primary role at the company itself?
2: Yeah. So, Moderna is a biotech company. It's a it's a pretty young company as as companies go. Um, when I joined the company, approximately three three and a half years ago, it uh, might be might have been called a small biotech, and uh, I don't think that we actually can call ourselves small anymore. We have um, upwards of eight hundred employees at this point. Uh, wow. It's uh, based in Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts. Uh, we have two campuses now: one in Cambridge and one in Norwood, Massachusetts.
1: Which is beautiful.
2: Oh yes, is it not? <laughs> really, that beautiful. Yeah, that campus it is, is gorgeous. So it's yeah. just a gorgeous building. Yep. Um, and um, so, I mean, essentially, Moderna is a company that has one platform, and you know, you might. Uh, uh, Think of, you know, say another large, you know, pharmaceutical company as having uh, different products. Uh, They may have, um, you know, products that are molecules, products that are chemicals, products that are, uh, you know, uh, 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 biologically active. Um, And and really our product uh, can uh, essentially in the the end do all those things. But our our one product is the the, uh, information or the message that makes the other products. And so... Our product is messenger RNA, um, and uh, it is uh, across the platform, across the uh, the therapeutic areas of our company. Uh, that is basically uh, uh, at the very base our our single our single platform.
1: And for those of us who may not be familiar with RNA, can you just explain that a little bit further?
2: Sure, sure. So uh, we all have mes- we would not be alive here today if it weren't for our own messenger RNA that is uh, uh, being produced uh, all the time uh, DNA in in all of our cells and essentially what what it is is uh, it's it's information for our cells and instructions for our cells to make certain proteins and so um, we have messenger RNA that allows us to make our own insulin, that allows our brains to function with the right, you know, molecules, it allows our livers to function. Um, and uh, uh, essentially um, it's, it's uh, produced in the very same way, no matter what, no matter what it is that uh, results from the message, be it an enzyme or a protein, it's produced the very same way in all the cells, and that is uh, uh, by a little translator uh, mechanism called a ribosome. So, uh, you might want you might think of somewhat metaphorically a, a, a thread going through the eye of a needle. The needle is the ribosome, and the thread is the string of message that goes through that needle. And then sure. what comes out at the other end is a protein or an enzyme uh, um, or a small molecule. Yes. So, so that's essentially it's it's sort of like software for a computer. Yeah. Another example, but it's, it's like software for a computer. It's it's basically the instructions instructions for the cell uh, on what to make, and these are uh, the instructions for the ribosome on what to make. And so, um, like a software, you know, a piece of software for a computer is
0: to instruct the computer on what to do. Awesome! Thank you for that. I'm I'm gonna remember that software metaphor. I think that'll help me not get RNA mixed up with other stuff. So thank yes. you for that. Yes. Yes. The um, software of life. Software of life. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um so due to this COVID 19 situation the majority of us if not all of us are hearing this word vaccine 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 development vaccine development Mm -hmm. and we are aware that right now there is not a cmv vaccine and so from your scope of work from your level of expertise would you mind sharing with our listeners and with us as well Um, Just explain the vaccine development process. You did a great job explaining kind of the the software of life. Explain how vaccines are developed um, and why a CMV vaccine is needed and critical. Right, right.
2: So, um, so, Clea, you're absolutely uh, spot on that, you know, it's been after approximately 30 years of trying to develop a a safe and effective CMV vaccine. We actually have not uh, arrived yet at that goal. Um, the way that vaccine development in general progresses is that uh, it starts with a lot of extremely brilliant scientists and um, uh, who are uh, given the task, which is, for example, developing a CMV vaccine, uh, there are um, there's a lot of what we call preclinical work that goes into uh, vaccine development. And so preclinical work is, um, you know, lots of research, lots of learning from other people's research about what the important piece of that virus is that we would want to block. You know, we'd want to uh, create antibodies against that would block that virus's function. And so, uh, we uh, there have been um, uh, a couple, uh, several CMV vaccines developed that um, uh, that that have been. Trialed at least in, in early phase trials in the past, but the one uh, the one vaccine that has gotten the farthest has been uh, a vaccine that in that uh, is a vaccine that raises our antibodies against this uh, protein on the surface of CMV called GB protein, and um, that is a piece of very important. Uh, very important knowledge that we built on at Moderna, uh, and I, I believe Sally Permar, who was on on uh, the podcast not too long ago, uh, was uh, explaining much more eloquently that I'm about to explain. <laughs> but essentially, <laughs> essentially, um, uh, you know, these the, the the one vaccine, the GB vaccine that has hit, uh, you know, a trial that would look at whether or not that vaccine is effective, um, showed that it was about 50 percent effective. And you know, I gotta tell you that is not bad news. You know, we right. you know we we raise our we perk up our ears and we listen to that kind of news. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there were some uh, issues with uh, the durability of that immunity that um, that limited the uh, the development of that particular vaccine. So, um, so on the bright side, uh, there is a protein that we can raise antibodies against, which. Uh, Has been proven to uh, prevent fifty percent of approximately fifty percent of of uh, new CMV infections, and so that's an important piece of uh, knowledge that the preclinical folks uh, built on. The other um, the other development came actually probably within the last I'd say ten to twelve years, and that is the discovery of this surface uh, protein on the uh, this protein on the another protein on the surface of CMV called. Uh, the pentamer complex or pentameric complex. And that is a protein that actually is, you know, kind of like. Uh I am blanking on the movie, but you know the monsters that kind of come that are, are sitting there as boulders, and then they kind of come together into one monster. <laughs> it's a it's it's it's
1: transformers.
2: Yes, transformers. It's like the transformers. It, it comes. Not really and,
1: monsters, you know, but okay. It,
2: it, yeah, okay. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Heroes. I get it. Lord. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kalia. Um Anyway, so, so the pentameric <laughs> the pentameric protein is basically a, a protein that's made of five subunit proteins, and so. But what's important about the pentameric protein is that in the body, um, that uh, or to the body, the CMV uh, virus infects uh, a couple of, you know, a, a lot of different important cells. And the cell that pentamer protein on CMV allows that virus to enter is are the epithelial cells. And uh, so epithelial cells are basically the entire covering of your body. And so more, more importantly, it's the covering up your mouth and your nose and your nasopharynx and, you know, that area of your body. And so, um, sure. so to block that, uh, entry, you know, that more, 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 than likely is the primary pathway of entry for CMV. It's, you know, having direct contact with, uh, secretions that have CMV in them, which is usually, you know, uh, contact like you know taking care of a child, um, you know kissing, hugging, uh, you know changing diapers, um, you know th- those kind of activities, and so that's probably the primary mode of entry for for CMV into the body. So, so mm-hmm. what the preclinical folks at Moderna did was um, uh, uh, test a va- test a vaccine that actually includes uh, the instructions to make in, in messenger RNA the instructions to make a, the GB protein. As well as the five tiny little subunits that comprise the, the pentameric protein, and um, before we could go into humans with this kind of two, you know, kind of two, you know, two, two, two message vaccine, the two antigen vaccine, uh, we had to prove that that pentameric protein uh, was able to actually form, you know, like transformers. So we would, so we developed a, a vaccine that actually has six different messages uh, in it. Uh, one message for the messenger RNA is for GB, and the other five messages are the messages for those five little subunits. And so, uh, to, and, and what the preclinical folks did was, uh, uh, in, in cell cultures and uh, uh, tested, that uh, the ability of those five little messages to actually form a functional pentamer antigen. And yes, indeed it did, or else we wouldn't be here talking. Um, and right. so uh, we were able to develop that vaccine uh, and, the, and we uh, put it into our phase one trial. Now, the way that vaccine development works and a way that a lot of drug development works in general on a very high level is that, you know, there are generally three phases to uh, developing a vaccine. The first phase, the question is in the first phase is, is it safe, right? And so we take a very small uh, number of healthy individuals and we uh, we we use a range of doses of that vaccine, and we give those doses of vaccine to those individuals and measure how well they tolerate it. You know, do they have mm-hmm. sore arms? Do they have a fever? You know, that kind of uh, that kind of assessment. We also sure. obviously measure the antibodies in their blood too. Um, so if it passes the phase one, um, and it we find, you know we uh, it's found to be safe, the next phase is, um, well, the next phase, the main question in the next phase is, well, what's the best dose? You know, so we have, you know, a good signal that it's a safe, safe drug or a safe vaccine. And so we move into a larger number of, of uh, people, maybe, you know, 200 to 1,000, let's say people that we, uh, t- you know, maybe narrow down that range of doses and we test more people, we get more safety data and then we, uh, based on that safety data and how well their antibodies are raised against, you know, the the vaccine, we choose that one dose to take into. Uh, usually, I mean, some some phase three trials test two doses or uh, different ways of giving doses, but uh, you know, one dose to take into uh, what's called a phase three trial or a pivotal trial. It's also called or an efficacy trial is what it's also called. And so. The question for phase three is, is it safe and does it work? And so that can, you know, depending on the the disease, that can be, uh, you know, usually thousands of patients, thousands of, of, for vaccines, it's thousands of usually healthy people. And uh, so a lot of data collection, you know, safety, 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 safety is, you know, the first question. And, um, you know, for phase three is, is it effective? And so... um, Mm -hmm. So that's generally the progression. So phase one is it safe? Phase two is it safe and what's the best dose? And phase three is it safe and does it work?
1: And you guys are in phase two for the vaccine for CMV?
2: That's correct. So we correct. are um, we are in our phase two trial. Um, mm-hmm. Our um, phase one trial, all of the participants have had you know received their their uh, doses of vaccine and they are. Still finished, some of them are still finishing up in the trial and okay. our but our phase two trial were you know sort of in the middle of it and um, and uh, so far so good.
1: Good. I know too, like I had the opportunity of actually having kind of a precursor to what Moderna does and how this whole thing works. So the, the key differentiator I got was you guys aren't actually injecting a fresh killed virus into people. You guys are actually injecting a synthetic compound with the goal of actually creating those GB proteins, those pentameric proteins, by yeah. the body itself.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I guess um, you know there are a couple of different advantages of of that kind of way uh, uh, or that kind of look to a, to a vaccine. Um, exactly. I, you know, one of the one of the more important ways, um, I suppose, is you know a lot of vaccines are called uh, subunit vaccines. So basically, they're already those proteins. Say, for example, uh, the GB. Uh, uh, The GB uh, vaccine was a subunit protein, meaning that it had a, or it was a protein vaccine, which had essentially the, the GB protein, um, with an adjuvant on it. Uh, but it, uh, was an already farmed protein. Uh, so it was, you know, designed to look to the immune system like CMV. And indeed it did. It protected Mm -hmm. against infection 50% of the time, but still it was made outside of the body. Um, and, um, Perhaps one advantage of, of giving the body a message rather than giving the body the actual protein is that we give ourselves that same, that message to make those proteins in exactly the same way as uh, the actual CMV virus enters, right. our, enters our epithelial cells, gets to our lymph nodes probably, and gives our body the message to make its proteins. And so, right. you know, our, our ribosomes just do their job, right? They don't know if it's a viral messenger RNA or if it's, a, if it's a vaccine messenger RNA, and it gets processed in the same way and it looks the same way and gets presented to our immune system the same way as a natural CMV infection. So, you know, the hope is, is that sort of our, um, our that locally sourced, if you will, you know, uh, a viral <laughs> protein will uh, look more authentic, you know, to our immune systems right. and, um, and do its job better. Yeah, and I we're
1: found that fascinating. in the middle of trying to figure that out yeah yeah and that's really the key because obviously there's a lot of issues with safety well not some things but there's a lot of, of myths around vaccination around safety um, unwanted side effects and other a host of other complaints that the um, you know quote anti vaxxer community has. Yeah. So you know can you maybe speak on and maybe dispel some of those myths that the anti-vax community, Um, has.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's a really, you know, it's a really tough issue, uh, all around. Right. Um, but I think the, the, I think some of the most, the myths that have, um, you know, uh, that carry a lot of weight and stick in, in people's minds, uh, are myths like, um, that it's that, that vaccination in general, you know, harms a, an infant's immune system, or right. is too much is too much for an infant's immune system, and mm-hmm. uh, in in reality, you know, um, babies are so tough. Uh, you know, they have they have they have you know immune systems that respond, you know, quite well, uh, especially you know uh, after you know six months or so. You know, there are, when a baby is born. They are born because there's the umbilical cord and the mom's blood, you know, exchanging all of all of the nutrients and everything. Along with those nutrients are mom's antibodies as well, and so right. they're born with some protection because mom's been vaccinated with, you know, measles, mumps, and rubella, all of the vaccines that that moms get, and um, so they they enjoy you know that protection for a short time from mom. But then after that, they they don't have any protection. But the beauty of an infant's immune system is is that it's pretty darn good at, at responding to, to vaccines and, um, you know, in terms and of safety. I can safety, speak in that too. Uh-huh.
1: Sorry. I can speak in that too because, you know, coming from a cNV parent perspective, my daughter was on valgancyclovir for six months, which is an yeah. antiviral medication, yeah. which is proven carcinogen. I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a, it's a pretty hardcore drug. Right. So uh, personally, and I feel like most parents, they would much rather get they would much rather deal with the untrue safety issues potentially of a CNV vaccine as opposed to giving their child an antiviral for six months plus.
2: Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, and that,
1: and that's, that's a much, that's as much larger, you know, quote poison than a vaccine ever could be.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you certainly lived that in, in real time. For um, sure. but yes, you're absolutely right. And you know, uh, you know, similar argument for you know other vaccine preventable diseases you know uh, you know for you know we uh, we don't have a herpes vaccine but you know people who've got you know herpes infection uh, are for the most part sentenced to a life of you know either everyday or periodic uh, drugs uh, which is not no fun it's expensive right. it's everything so um, yep. but uh, but yeah and, and then like like you to your point I mean the relative risk, you know, of of uh, a vaccine for an infant or a child or an adult, for that matter, the relative risk of having a, a bad outcome, uh, you know, like a, an allergic reaction to the vaccine, to any vaccine, is is literally less than one in a million. And the relative right. risk of dying, uh, I mean, you know, we don't have to talk about the CMV statistics because Shali, because uh, uh, you, K- Kalia already did, um, you know, and just looking at the statistics, um, you know, the the risk of dying from, say, measles is, you know, one in 150, you know, the risk of getting an allergic reaction from the vaccine is who knows, but it's less than one in a million, right?
1: Especially so, the way um, that Moderna does it.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Safer, in terms unnaturally- of like, right, 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 right. It's like, it's not a protein. It's not, it's not a, a form of anything that your immune system actually immediately recognizes. You know, right. It's a... Uh, it's uh, and actually to that point you know it's a it's a you know mRNA is is pretty wimpy to to be honest it's you know we've got all sorts <laughs> we've got we've got enzymes on the surface of our bodies that chew up messenger RNA all the time because it's you know uh, it's it's not recognized as something that's you know something that should be there naked <laughs> and so sure. uh, so the delivery of messenger RNA is tricky and that's you know that's another like miracle of you know uh, engineering really to. To be able um, to get a messenger RNA, a piece of messenger RNA into the cell, and you know, we uh, we protect it with um, with uh, a lip, what's called a lipid nanoparticle. So it's um, it's a protective coat uh, uh, that, and then inside of that little ball, that little lipid nanoparticle is, is the messenger RNA itself.
0: So Laura, you you spoke a lot about um, some questions folks may have or concerns folks may have about this vaccine, I wanted to take a step back further as you all are in phase two and really ask that same question around clinical trials. Um, Mm -hmm. Folks may be saying, you know, well, are they safe? How are they regulated, monitored? How would you Mm -hmm. address that if someone wanted to ask about not just the efficacy and effectiveness of the clinical trials itself, but the safety of the individual?
2: Right, right. So um, clinical trials worldwide are, are, uh, you know, Pretty highly regulated, you know. In, in the U.S., it's um, it's uh, through the FDA. Uh, you know, even uh, phase one clinical trial, uh, even before that that clinical trial starts for uh, you know the earliest phase of a, a human dose uh, of any drug or, or vaccine, the the FDA uh, and the vaccine manufacturer, the drug maker have um, a series of interactions about the Concept of that medi- that medication, what it what it is, what it's made of, you know, uh, what the quality of the the substance is, uh, what the safety data that they have is, you know, in if they do you know, if there's any safety data in animals, um, it goes through a lot of rigor even before it, the agency uh, would allow a, a a company or a uh, academic center or uh, the NIH, uh, to, to, to start a phase one trial and give that substance to a human being. And then um, as trials progress from phase one, phase two, phase three, again, it's a, it's a, it's a relationship now for that drug and, or that vaccine, the, the maker of that drug or vaccine, and the FDA. It's a series of interactions that are, that are required. Um, and that need, uh, that are reviewed with a particular amount of rigor. And uh, once that review is uh, completed to the satisfaction of the FDA, uh, the approval is given to go forth and, and, you know, go into that new trial. And so uh, that's sort of at the FDA level. And, you know, to be even prior to getting there. Obviously, you know companies, uh, academic centers, the NIH build in real-time safety monitoring. You know on on, on trials that you know uh, that you know safety data. You know subjects are being uh, dosed and followed, and you know we have certain reporting mechanisms in place. Uh, and in real time, we you know we have it's called, we call them medical monitors. In real time, we have uh, people. Overseeing those reports um, uh, every day, uh, and uh, and but that is the data with which we take. With, with, that's the data that we take, and we we turn it into our communication. Uh, you know, full transparency with the FDA, uh, just you know, to uh, to be able to actually get any kind of approval, and that is really that is required. It's uh, it it would be. Um, uh, It's essentially a required element of any vaccine program, any drug development program for that matter.
1: Obviously, as you know, June is CMV Awareness Month, which is a very important month for Mm -hmm. CMV. So when it comes to research regarding CMV, what is the kind of whole take-home message that you would like to um, send to our audience and our listeners?
2: Yeah, so um, um, I remember our last... CMV, our last June, uh, uh, June is CMV month of, of, of 2019. It was really, you know, it was uh, really a great month for Moderna. We had a certain, you know, a number of activities planned and a number of communications planned about it. Uh, and certainly this year is different. It's, uh you know, it's, the last six months have been difficult in so many ways for all of us. Um, uh, you know, pandemic, you know, plus all of the, all of the, uh, turmoil that is is in the world right now. And sure. um, and certainly, I mean, Moderna is, uh, you know, stepped up to the task of uh, uh, trying to uh, or you know, having um, a, a vaccine development program that started uh, uh, first to start, actually, and be dosed in humans for a coronavirus vaccine. And, you know, certainly, you know, it is uh, for certain members of for some members of Moderna, many members of Moderna, it is all hands on deck. You know, this is a right. pandemic, right? But the message that um, we share with each other, the message that our leadership shares with us uh, very frequently since this whole thing started is that, um, you know, we haven't forgotten. You know, we, I mean, we, you know, we realize that uh, there is it's a very tough time for all of us, but we haven't forgotten about congenital CMV we are continuing to work hard probably harder than we did um, you know before january uh, sure. on uh, developing a CMV vaccine uh, you know our our plans are still in place uh, everything is still going uh, as we are uh, as we had planned and so um, you know i you know we can't forget that despite whatever ha- is and despite everything that's happening right now there are still 50 to 100 babies born with congenital CMV every day in the U.S. alone. You know, um, there are still, you know, uh, you know, families affected. Um, you know, there are still, um, you know, just difficult, difficult times uh, that would have uh, existed even without a, you know, without a pandemic uh, in the world. And so uh, we just can't we can't we can't we um, you know, let go of our eyes on the prize for, you know, this this vaccine development program. And, uh, you know, everybody on the CMV uh, vaccine development team feels the same way. Everybody is uh, still so energized uh, and, um, you know, um, hoping that June of 2021 will be uh, better, that we can perhaps uh, acknowledge and celebrate CMV congenital, congenital CMV awareness month, uh, uh, in a, in a better space.
1: Yeah. I think that's great to hear. Cause I feel a lot of the parents I've spoken to have kind of felt like, you know, CMV is becoming a little bit forgotten about during the days of COVID, but obviously it's not, it's just not yeah. potentially highest priority right now. Yeah. Um, But there's still you know i know personally you guys are very dedicated a great team great people and just a great company in general so i know that you guys are still very dedicated to the cause and finding a vaccine and seeing it through to the finish line which is very important
2: yeah i'm the yeah i think um the um you know there's there's everything there's everything is bad about covid right but the one, the one um, bit of uh, uh, knowledge that I think it's brought to the, gen- the population in general is the importance of vaccines. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. I good think point. That People are familiar I th- with and, it, you know, they I the think,
0: term.
2: Yeah, and we're hoping that you know, I mean, uh, that message can be leveraged to, you know, the other vaccine development programs, specifically for congenital CMV, or a com- specific, specifically for CMV infection, and. Um, uh hoping that that um you know i'm hoping that we i'm hoping that somebody uh does develop a safe and effective vaccine uh for covid so we can so we can carry on in person
0: Uh, right in
1: in
2: in in some fashion
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah. we'll have a toast over lacrosse someday soon
2: that would be great
0: that would be lovely (laughs) Does it, La- Does it have it's to be? Does La- it have to be Lacra? and transformers. We'll have those two conversations.
1: <laughs> I guess it depends what's on sale that week.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's have a yeah, what's ever on sale toast? That's exactly right. All right. Well, we appreciate your time so much today, Dr. Panther. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for answering our questions about, vaccine development, the CMV vaccine, where we are currently, and what is left to be done. For all of our listeners listening in, please do keep in mind June is CMV Awareness Month. We still have the rest of the month ahead of us with tons of activities packed throughout the month. You can go to nationalcmv.org. Again, nationalcmv.org to um, see all of our list of activities. We have a virtual 5K, Strides for CMV Worldwide, planned for June 27th. Among a host of different activities, so everyone can get involved. Everyone can uh, spread the word and not the virus. Everyone can increase awareness. And I just want to take the time to thank Moderna for all of their hard work in this partnership and for continuing their work to increase awareness about C&P. Well, thank you, Clea.
2: Thank you, Shane. It was uh, it
0: was a ple- it was a pleasure to spend some
2: time.